0: now. When we walk with the
1: Let's get out of our seat and shake hands before you do. Now, I want you to get out of your seat and shake hands. Get out, fellowship, tell somebody you're glad to, they're here.
0: Shaking hands, it doesn't matter. On the third. Not a bird. True, so true.
1: No other way to be happy in the Lord than to trust and obey. And what a joy it is to be able to obey Him. Amen? I'm still thrilled about what the Lord did for us on the Lord's Day and so encouraged with all the commitments on Sunday night. And we had close to 300 cards that were turned in and people said, I want to do this, I want to do that. And we're working this week to get them all put in categories so we can get your names to department heads so we can get you signed up and going to work for Jesus. Amen? Amen. But What a great day. And Praise the Lord for what he's doing. Let's pray now and ask the Lord to speak to our hearts tonight, this midweek service. And I believe he has a word for us tonight, so let's be open to what the Lord has. Father, we thank you now for your blessings and we do thank you, Lord, that we can trust you and we can obey you. And Lord, help us to do both. Help us to take you at your word. Help us to trust you in all things and to be obedient to you. And, Lord, if we really trust you, we will obey you. But, Lord, speak to our hearts tonight. Make the fellowship here a very sweet time. And bless all the things that are going on tonight. Be with our junior high department in their midweek service. Be with our senior high in their midweek. Be with all the Iwana kids tonight, and the leaders. And I pray you're blessed there. Again, touch us here and open our hearts to what you have for us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's continue to sing.
0: 363. Leaning on the everlasting arms. 363. One.
1: come forward to receive your offering and remind you that what you give on Wednesday night goes to support our Bible conference in the fall and this helps bring in all the guests from around the country and be able to put up the preachers and and to be a blessing to them for the week I do want to encourage you now as we are just fresh in the new year to take serious your giving to the Lord and our giving was up seven percent last year over 1998 it's been going up every year and I can remember when I first came here, offerings was averaging a little over 3000 a week. And we averaged a little over $11,000 a week last year. But I said to someone, I said, now, I don't know who gives what and whatever there. And, and truth, the reason I don't do that, it's, it's not that I don't wonder and it's not that I'm not nosy. But if I found out what some give, I'd probably get mad and just rare back and cuss one Sunday. That's probably what happened. Say, man. So, but I don't know. I don't know what anybody gives and whatever there. But I said, if this church like any other, our offerings ought to run about seventeen thousand dollars a week, and they should. And if everybody tithe and give, it would do that. And this past Sunday, our offering, everything come in, gifts and so forth like that, was a little over seventeen thousand dollars. And so that's the way it ought to be. And I praise the Lord for what He's doing. And and just want to encourage you to get on the bless, get in on the blessing of giving to the Lord. It is a joy to take every week a tenth of your income, that which belongs to God, and give it to God, knowing that's his, and say, Lord, now it's my delight to give back what is yours. And then on top of that, give an offering to the Lord. It is is a joy to do so, a thrill to do so. And so I encourage you to give and the Lord will bless you for it. And I promise you, I won't ever check your tithing or whatever like that to find out what's going on and that kind of thing. That way, uh, I wouldn't cuss. I'm not going to act like uh kim termire brian or anybody like that i wouldn't do that just to express you know what i mean i may spit and the carpet will turn brown but i you know whatever amen let's pray you give tonight the lord to bless you father we do thank you for what you're doing and continue to bless we thank you for the lord for what you've done in hearts already beginning of this year the vision you're giving us and the goals that you're helping us to establish and strive for I pray, Lord, you bless all of our giving. Now, you know our conference and what an important part of this church it is and how it touches lives and preachers literally around the South. I pray you bless our giving tonight. May we give as unto the Lord for this need. In Jesus' name, amen. said when we was getting dressed tonight, well, Daddy, I don't think we came to sing the way we're dressed,
2: but. <laughs>
1: but anyhow, some of y'all don't know, this is Adam, this
3: is one of the twins, he's my son, and, and of course, I think everybody knows Janet,
1: but this song we're going to sing, it says, Wonderful Savior, what a wonderful Savior we have through Jesus Christ, and what a difference he's made in my life and in our family's life, and I hope you enjoy this tonight. <laughs>
3: I have started started out out to follow follow Jesus in his footsteps I will always follow in his ever gracious presence I would be though the storms of life may rage my Lord will guide me what a kind and faithful Savior is
1: Blessing. Amen. Let's open our Bibles to Matthew 20. Now that Darren and Daphne's here, it's time for me to preach. Saw them come in back there late, so I set my watch by what time they come in. Amen. Matthew chapter 20, the book of Matthew, chapter 20. That's a blessing. Kim, Janet, Adam. Excellent. I come in and saw Adam all dressed up and I said, Are you preaching tonight? He said, No, I'm singing. Uh, Proud of those kids growing up. What a blessing tonight to see uh, serving the Lord like that. Amen? Amen? Matthew 20. Let's stand as we honor the reading of his word. I want us to look at a parable tonight. And uh, in my reading the other evening as I was just reading a passage and reading this particular passage, there was a thought that came to me and it just really blessed my heart, really encouraged my heart. And I want to share it with you tonight. Really, it's the third point in the message tonight, but I want us to think tonight about the five o'clock workers. The five o'clock workers. Look in Matthew 20, and let's begin reading in verse 1, and we'll read down through verse 16, but let's look tonight at this parable Jesus gave, and we'll think about the five o'clock workers. Now, the scripture said in verse 1, For the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is a householder, which went out early in the morning to hire laborers into his vineyard. And when he had agreed with the laborers for a penny a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour, and he saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and said unto them, Go you also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right I will give you. And they went their way. Again, he went out about the sixth hour 6th and ninth hour, and did likewise. And about the 11th hour he went out and found others standing idle. And saith unto them, Why stand ye here idle, all the day idle? And they say unto him, Because no man hath hired us. He saith unto them, Go ye also, also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right, that shall ye receive. So when the even was come, the Lord of the vineyard said unto his steward, Call the laborers and give them their hire, beginning from the last unto the first. And when they came that were hired about the eleventh hour, they received every man a penny. But when the first came, they supposed that they should have received more, and they likewise received every man a penny. And when they had received it, they murmured against the goodman of the house, saying, These last have wrought but one hour." and thou hast made them equal unto us, which hath borne the burden and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I do thee no wrong. Didst thou not agree with me for a penny? Take that is, take that thine is and go thy way. I will give unto this last even as unto thee. Is it not lawful for me to do what I will with mine own? Is thine eye evil because I am good? So the last shall be first and the first last. For many be called, but few chosen. Thank you. you may be seated. I want us to think tonight about the five o'clock workers. And look at this parable tonight that Jesus gave about workers in the vineyard. Father, in Jesus' name, you are a wonderful Savior. And what a blessing tonight to be reminded that you are a wonderful Savior. And what a blessing tonight by the way which we have been reminded. I appreciate this family and pray your blessings upon them. Lord, take us all now and stir us. And we're fresh off a Sunday in which many have made commitments to you. Commitments to be a worker in the vineyard. Speak to us tonight from this parable. Remind us, Lord, of the importance of the work. Remind us, Lord, of the blessing of the work. And remind us, Lord, of the honor of being in the work. So speak to us tonight through the parable and we'll thank you and praise you for it is in Jesus' name we pray, amen. As you know, there are all types of church members in a church. I ran across a thing one time that someone gave, uh, gave this description of church members. They said well, This fellow said that some church members are like wheelbarrows. They're no good unless they're pushed. Some church members are like canoes. They need to be paddled. Say amen right there. Some church members are like kites. If you don't keep a string on them, they'll fly away. Some church members are like kittens. They're more contented when they're petted. Some church members are like footballs. You never know which way they'll bounce. Some church members are like balloons. They're full of hot air and ready to blow up. Some church members are like trailers. They have to be pulled along. Some are like neon lights. They keep going on and off. And I've met a few of them like this. Some church members like buzzards. They get wind of a stink and they hurry to it. Can I get an amen there? Some church members like wagons. They got a long tongue. Some are like an inspector. They're always looking for a fault. And I've met many like this. Some are like a slip knot: The more you pull, the tighter they get. But he said some are like a good watch. They're open face, pure gold, quietly running, and full of good works. Well, I want to be a worker. I want to be a church member like a good watch. Amen. I remember reading one time about back during the days when they ran stagecoaches. And, of course, uh, you only had one, two seats. You had one on this side one on that side. And you sat on face faced each other and three or four people at the most on each side. But even in those days, you could buy a first-class ticket or a second-class ticket or a third-class ticket to ride on stagecoach. And the difference was, if the stagecoach ever got in trouble, such as going up a steep mountain or it got stuck, if you had a first-class ticket, you could stay on the stage. If you had a second-class ticket, you got out and walked. But if you had a third-class ticket, you got out and pushed. Well, I want to say tonight that every church needs third-class members. Can I get an amen right there? Everybody getting out, doing something for the glory of God. Well I say all that to say this. The parable before is in Matthew chapter 20 speaks about the matter of workers. You have someone going out hiring somebody to work in a vineyard. You have someone in the parable paying the individuals that worked in the vineyard. The whole parable has to do with the matter of workers. now there's a principle in the parable for really what is going on here is a is a follow-up of a conversation that Jesus and Peter had. And we'll look back at that conversation in just a moment. But Jesus gave us this parable in reference to something that Peter said. And, but the whole parable has to do with workers. Now let me point out three things about the workers that we find in the parable. The first thing that I want you to notice from the parable is the Lord's call for workers. The Lord's call for workers. For you find in the parable there was a householder in verse 1. And the word householder there simply refers to the head of the house or the master of the house. So the master of the house, the head of the house, the householder, you find him going out very early one morning and he goes out to hire workers for his vineyard. Now in those days, everybody would go down to the marketplace. If somebody needed to hire somebody, he would go down to the marketplace and there's where he would find people that needed work. If you needed a job and everybody in those days got paid one day at a time so they'd have money to buy their meal at night, take the bread and stuff home to their family. And so if you needed work, you'd go down to the marketplace and you'd go down there hoping somebody would hire you for that particular day. And again, if you needed workers, then you'd go down to the marketplace and you'd hire the workers you needed from the people that were there that were needing work. So what you have in verse 1 is the head of the house this owner of a vineyard, going down to the marketplace to hire out workers for his vineyard. What you have is a call for workers. Going down to the marketplace saying, I need some help. I need some people that will work for me today. It is a call for workers. But when I look at the parable here, I see a couple of things about the call for workers in this parable. For one thing, I see that it is a persistent call. It is a persistent call. For you notice again as you read the parable that you find this householder, this master, the owner of the vineyard going down to the marketplace on several different occasions to hire workers. In fact, in verse 1 we read that he went out early in the morning to hire workers. And the phrase early in the morning would refer in Jewish custom to 6 a.m. in the morning. So at 6 a.m. in the morning, this man goes down the marketplace and he hires workers to work his vineyard. In verse 3, we find that he came back at the third hour and hired some more workers. Now the third hour would be 9 a.m., 9 o'clock in the morning. So he goes down the marketplace at 6 o'clock in the morning, hires workers. He comes back three hours later and he hires some more workers. In verse 5 we see that he went back at the sixth hour and he also went back at the ninth hour he went back at noon hired some more workers he went back at 3 o'clock in the afternoon and he hired some more workers and then in verse 6 the Bible tells us that he went down the marketplace at the 11th hour which would be at 5 o'clock in the afternoon and he hired some more workers so you find him at 6 o'clock in the morning hiring workers at 9 o'clock, hiring workers, at 12 o'clock, hiring workers, at 3 o'clock, hiring workers, and even at 5 o'clock, hiring workers to work in his vineyard. Now, it's very obvious, the fact that he keeps coming back and hiring more workers, that he has a very large harvest. It is very obvious here that the task is great. And this man is needing many workers to get in his harvest. This man is needing a large number of people. So he comes down, and he hires all the workers he can. He comes back later, hires more. Again, the whole picture seems to suggest that here is a very large harvest. Here is a task that is great. And it needs everybody he can to help him get his harvest in. Now, the parable reminds us of the Lord's vineyard. And oftentimes in the Bible, you'll find descriptions of the Lord's vineyard. And often our service is attached to this vineyard that we are to be the Lord's workers in the vineyard. And so the call goes out many times in the Bible for workers for the Lord's vineyard. But as we are reminded in this parable, there is a great task that is in front of every one of us. And there is a need for many workers to do the work of God. The harvest is great. The task is great. And just like this master needed many workers, the Lord's work needs many workers. If I could put it this way, everybody say with the grace of God, you're needed in the work of God. You're needed to be involved. We talked about commitment on Sunday. There's a reason you need to be committed because there is the work of God, the vineyard of the Lord, and the task is great. In fact, our task is getting greater day by day by day by day. Never has there been a generation in the history of the church that had a greater task than what we have today And of course our task and the work that we're to do is to reach people for Christ And to win the world of Jesus Christ and to tell everybody that we can that they need to be saved That is our task. That is our job an end gathering of a harvest But this generation has a greater task than any generation in church history I was reading the other day, it is estimated that 2.6 additional people are added to the earth's population every second. Can I say that again? It is estimated that 2.6 people are added to the population of this earth every second. That's 158 every minute. That's 9,475 every hour. That's 83 million people that is added to the earth's population every year. I read one fellow that said that the earth is growing at the equivalent of the city of Chicago every month and if I'm not mistaken Chicago is about three and a half maybe four million people but he was saying that the earth is growing at the equivalent of the city of Chicago every month dr. MJ Taze of the University of Minnesota he made a statement when I read this it blew my mind but this is what mr. Taze said he said more people now get this are living today Than have died since adam lived on the earth what he was saying is there are more people living on earth at this very moment than all the people that have died since adam's time he said that uh, that three-fifths of all the people who have ever lived are living right now that's staggering when you think about it there are more people living right now on the earth than all the people that have died since adam Adam in Genesis 1. And three fifths of all the people who have ever lived, all ever lived, are living right now. It reminds me, friend, that our task is getting uh, greater and greater every day. And the harvest is great and the harvest is large. No wonder he comes back. He has such a big harvest and he keeps coming back, getting as many workers as he can. It was a persistent call for workers. And it reminds me tonight of the task, and as I think about our task, it reminds me of how everybody ought to be a worker. Amen? Everybody ought to be involved. It was a persistent call. But you look at something else about the parable. It was not only a persistent call, but it was a pressing call. Again, verse 1, he was hiring laborers for his vineyard. The grape harvest in those days, or in the Bible lands, the grape harvest ripened somewhere to the end of September. And shortly after the ripening of the harvest, the rains come. And the the master, the owner of the vineyard knows that he has to get the harvest in before the rains come or his harvest will ruin. You see, there was not only that pressing need of a big harvest. He needed everybody that he could to get his harvest in, but he had very little time to do it. The the grapes would ripen in a certain time, and it was a very short period of time before the rains came. So the owner of a vineyard knew that he had a very short time to get his harvest in, or he would lose it. In other words, you find this household, this householder seeking workers because not only was the task great, but the time was short. Now, can I say this tonight? Never has there been, as I said a moment ago, a generation with a greater task than the church right now in the 21st century. We No other generation in history has had a greater task of getting the gospel out than we do right now But here's the great problem. We have so little time to get it done There is the urgency of the hour Knowing that we are so near the return of Jesus Christ There is the call for workers and every believer. We talked about commitment Why should you be committed because the task is so great and the time is so short? We are living on the threshold of Jesus coming again. We are near the hour that our Lord will come back and it's an hour in which there are more, there are masses of humanity that have never even heard the gospel and literally thousands outside the four walls of this building that do not know Christ as their own personal Savior and we are so near the coming of the Lord. I submit submit unto you tonight, it is a pressing call for workers. It is an urgent need for everybody to get busy for god amen it's a pressing matter we cannot slow down we cannot put it off and we cannot ease up the task is great and the time is short but let me give you something else in the parable not only do you see the lord's call for workers workers because the harvest was ready And he needed everybody that he could, needed as many as he could to get the harvest in before the harvest was lost. But you also see in the parable, and this is the heart of the parable, the Lord's compensation for workers. Not only his call for workers, going out of the marketplace and hiring workers, but there was his compensation for workers. And it's the heart of the parable. It has to do with the wages the Lord gives to those who serve him. I think of that old song many of you probably remember it it pays to serve Jesus well I want to go on record tonight and say that it does pay to serve Jesus there is a need for everybody being a worker there's the Lord's call for workers there's the Lord's call for everybody to get involved the Lord's call for everybody to serve him Because it is a persistent matter. Everybody is needed, and it's such an urgent matter, but it does pay to serve God. If there's an incentive in serving for God, it is this, that the Lord rewards those who serve Him. Look at the parable. For for example, you see, first of all, the rewards for service. You look at the parable. The householder hired five crews. He hired a crew at 6 a.m., 9 a.m., noon, 3 a.m., and at 5 p.m. And as you read the parable there, you find that he paid every one of them a penny apiece. That was equivalent to a day's wages in those days. A penny being a denarius. But here's what the, Lord, here's what the householder did. He compensated every person that worked for him. Everyone that he hired was paid. Everybody that helped him get in the harvest was rewarded and they were paid and they were given wages for their labor. Now, The parable reminds us that there is a need for being a worker. But it also reminds us that when we do work, that Christ and God will reward us for our service. You ought to work for God because there's a payday down the road. And everything you do for God, some of you work in Sunday school, some of you work in other areas there, but I want you to know, everything you do for God, someday there will be a payday. He rewards those who serve Him. When Calvin, I think about John Calvin, when he was banished from an ungrateful Geneva, he made this statement. He said, most assuredly, if I had served man, this would have been a poor recompense. But it is to my happiness that I have served him who never fails to reward his service to the full extent of his promise. I say to you tonight, he will reward you to the full extent of his promise. You serve God, you work for God, he will reward you, in fact back in chapter 19 i said the parable was a follow-up of a conversation between peter and jesus you look in chapter 19 verse 27 then answered peter and said unto him behold we have forsaken all and followed thee what shall we have therefore and jesus said unto them verily i say unto you that ye which have followed me in the regeneration when the son of man shall sit in the throne of his glory ye also shall sit upon the 12 thrones judging the 12 tribes of israel look at this And everyone that hath forsaken houses or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my name's sake Shall receive a hundredfold and shall inherit everlasting life. He promised you a hundred percent interest on what you do for God He's telling us that he will reward us for serving God I read the other day about a fellow that had been drafted in the army a few days after he got drafted in the army he wrote his mother a letter and this is what he wrote he said dear mom he said you know they drafted me into this man's army much against my wishes they took away my name and they gave me a number they gave me number 298 they not only took away my name and gave me the number 298 but they took away my clothes and they gave me a uniform and it doesn't fit the shoe size the shoes are three sizes too big And the pants fit a little too snug under the armpits. He said, ever since I have been in this man's army, we haven't done nothing but march. We march all morning. We even march to chow. We march all afternoon. And by nighttime, I'm so exhausted I can't even sleep. He said, Mom, the only thing that kept me going was the thought that on Sunday I would be able to rest a little bit. But on Saturday, the sergeant told us that we had to get up two hours early on Sunday morning and march to church. He said, we marched to church and he said, I sat down and I had just about dozed off when this fella got up and said, number 298, are you weak and weary? Are you sore and heavy laden? He said, I stood up and said, you're mighty right I am. I can tell you that since I've been in this man's armor, you're the first person that cared enough to ask me how I was feeling about it. He said, Mom, I've been in the brig ever since. Well, I want to say to you, that it is not a burden to serve God. Are you listening to me? It is not a burden to be in the work of God. It is a blessing to be in the work of God. And he pays those who serve him. He calls us to go to work for it, but he rewards those who work for it. He rewards us eternally. But not only does he reward us eternally, everlasting life, but he also rewards us earthly. He said he'd give you a hundredfold in this life. You're going to reap rewards in heaven one day for serving God, but I've got good news for you. God's not going to wait till you get to heaven to pay you. He's going to pay you a little bit down here. They're rewards for serving God. So you see that in the story. But here's the heart of the parable, and here's the whole reason for the parable. Not only the rewards for service, but the parable talks about the reason for service. And again, it's the primary purpose of the parable. And it's seen in how the workers were paid. He paid every one of them. He hired one crew at six, hired one at nine, one at noon, one at three, one in five, and he paid every one of them a penny. Now here's the interesting thing about it. The crew that he hired at 6 o'clock in the morning that worked till 6 o'clock in the afternoon, he gave them one penny. But the crew that he hired at 5 o'clock and they worked an hour, he gave them one penny. As I said a moment ago, according to Jewish custom, everybody in those days got paid each day. And the Jewish law required that a man be paid before sunset or sundown, which was at 6 p.m. So sun up was at 6 a.m. That's when you started and you couldn't work past 6 p.m. You had to pay a person at 6 p.m. The law required it. Pay them before the sun went down. Pay them every day. And so when the day is over with, this crew that has worked out in the heat and in the sun all day long, they get one penny. The crew that has worked about an hour, if even an hour, gets a penny. Now you might say, that was an unjust man. The ones that worked the longest should have got more. And the ones that worked... Five and six and seven and eight hours should have got more than the crew that worked for one hour. You might say he was unjust, but here's the point of the parable. The point of the parable was the key is found in verse 2. Look at it. And Matthew 20, notice verse 2. And when he had agreed with the laborers for a penny a day, he sent them into the vineyard. Now look at that. He agreed with them. That means the first crew that he hired in the morning they had to enter into negotiations about what they were gonna make they had to have a contract they weren't about to lift a finger until first of all they had a contract they had to know what they were going to be paid they had to agree on what they were going to be paid and so when they agreed on he would pay them a denarius or a penny a day's wages they signed the contract they agreed to it and they went to work same thing about peter look in chapter 19 verse 27 again notice the verse we read but notice carefully what peter asked in chapter 19 verse 27 peter then answered peter and said unto him behold we have forsaken all and followed thee what shall we have therefore in essence peter said what am i going to get out of this we've given up everything to serve you now what's in it for us what are we going to get out of it and the six o'clock crew and over in chapter 20 there their whole thing was what they were going to get out of it they wouldn't even work till it was settled how much they were going to get but look at the crew in verse 4 of Chapter 20 he said unto them. They didn't even ask about the money. He just hired them and said go you also in the vineyard and Whatever is right. I'll give you and they went on their way Look down in verse 7 at the crews in the afternoon They said to him because no man hired us He said go you also in the vineyard and whatever is right whatsoever is right that you receive Now the crew in the morning wouldn't work till first of all they knew what they were going to get out of it And again, Jesus is answering Peter's question. He's been he's wrapped up in serving and doing all these things and giving up this and giving up that and he's wanting to know what's in it for me and so the Lord gives the parable in chapter 20 and the whole purpose of the thing was to help them Peter to understand that you do not serve God for what you get out of it the crews in the afternoon they simply just accepted the promise that they would get what they deserved and the husbandman or the master that said, "I'll give you what you deserve." And that's what he did. And they accepted that and didn't argue with that. And so Jesus, Peter's wanting to know what he's getting out of it. So the Lord gives the parable. It's like He's saying to us, and the whole point of the parable is, "Why do you serve God? Now listen to me, we do get paid for living for Jesus. You live for God, there's rewards for living for God. You serve God, God will pay you for serving Him. Somewhere there are rewards to be reaped for everything you do for God, but you don't do what you do for what you get You don't serve God for rewards. There are rewards, but that's not what should motivate you We shouldn't be motivated by rewards We shouldn't be moved and stirred to do what we do because we're going to get something out of it No, we ought to just say dear God. You're just And you'll do what is right. The motive in serving God is not what we get, but what we give to Him. That's the real reason you serve God. That's the reason you tithe. I've always promised that if we give to God, that He's going to bless us in return. I wonder wonder how many people give sometimes with the motive, boy, if I give more, I'm going to get more. And that is true. It is true if you give more, you'll get more. And it is true, if you give, God will bless you for giving. But that's not why we give. Our motive in giving, first of all, is I simply love God. Our motive in doing something for God is because you love Him. And your motive in service is because of what you do for Him, not what He does for you. Listen to me. God has done enough for us in the giving of His Son on Calvary and saving us out of the devil's hell. He don't have to do anything else. That's all we need to serve God. I mean, we ought to give our lives lock, stock, and barrel, in gratitude that God didn't let us go to hell. That's all we need. He will reward us, but the motive is not what we get out of it. It's what we do for God. And that leads me to a third thing. Are you still with me now? Here's the third thing, and this is what blessed my heart. You not only see the Lord's call for workers, and the Lord's compensation for workers but look again at the parable at the Lord's choice of workers again he goes out at 6 a.m. in the morning and he hires a crew he comes back at 9 o'clock and he hires another crew and he comes back at noon and he hires another crew he comes back at 3 and he hires another crew he even comes back at 5 o'clock now remember you quit work at 6 over there He comes back at 5 o'clock and he hires another crew. This is what struck me. This is what hit hit me. And I want to ask you something. Now, here's all these crews. What kind of workers do you think would have been left at 5 o'clock? What kind of workers would have been there at 5 o'clock? Well, may I suggest two things? One, they would have been the unwanted workers. You remember when you was in school and you remember how you used to divide up for ball games, teams, you have a captain for this team, captain for that one, go out on the softball field. Joe, you be the captain. Harry, you be the captain. Pick your team. And always, there was always somebody that got picked last. And really, you didn't pick them last, you just ended up with them. You know what I'm talking about? You, it was used for a couple of reasons. Of course, kids we were so immature in that day, and had, we're not sensitive to others, and, and we hadn't been taught how to be politi- politically correct and whatever in those days. So we either we didn't like them, didn't want them on our team, or we didn't pick them because we knew one they couldn't hit, and we knew they couldn't catch, and we knew just as sure. As the, in the world it would get right down to the last inning and, and they would be the one that would mess up the ball game and cause us to get beat you didn't pick them because you didn't want them they wasn't any good they couldn't play they didn't have any skill well I want to say, look in verse 6 and 7 chapter 20 the master comes back at 5 and at 11th hour 5 in the afternoon and he found others standing idle and said Why stand ye here all the day idle? And they said unto him, Because no man hath hired us. No man wanted to hire them. This is the bottom of the barrel. These are the unskilled workers. These are the unwanted workers. These are the workers that everybody passed over during the daytime. Nobody wanted them. I don't know about you. Now there may be some in this room tonight that may be 6 a.m., workers you may be in that category but as far as i am concerned i'm talking about myself i would have to put myself in the five o'clock in the afternoon category because there was a day when god saved me with the grace of god i didn't have much to offer him i had very little talent to give him very little skill I was a five o'clock worker but here's the glorious thing about it he let me get in his work he's let me serve him He's let me be a part of what's going on. He's let me in on some harvests that's far bigger than I ever dreamed that he'd let me get on. I was a 5 o'clock worker, but thanks be to God, he let me get into his work. He's let me be a part of what he's doing on. You may be here tonight, you may be a 5 o'clock worker. And you may say boy I don't have any talents and I don't have any skills and I don't have any ability well I've got good news for you God will put you in his work and God will do something with you for the glory of God there's nobody here there may be some around here 6 a.m. boys and there may be some 9 o'clock people here and some noon people but most of us are 5 o'clock people but God lets us in his work and he uses us and he'll do something for the glory of God I think about first Corinthians 1 one of my favorite chapters in the Bible and what a great chapter it is and we went through it and there Paul gives us a list if I could call it a whole list of five o'clock workers he goes down through there and he talks about all these categories of people and who they are and what they have and then this category of people of who they are and what they don't have he talks about the wise Not many wise are called, he said, and the wise that he speaks of are the intellectuals, the people with the high IQs. He talks about the mighty, not many mighty, those that have power, those that have possessions, those that have prestige. He talks about not many noble, and the word noble there refers to those that are well-born or those that have a pedigree. And he talks about all the wise and all the mighty and all the noble. But he says, not many. But who is it that he puts in his work? He said he takes the foolish ones. And he takes the foolish ones and fuses them. And the word foolish there in 1 Corinthians 1, we get our English word moron from it. And it speaks of somebody that is not highly intellectual, not, it's somebody with, with not a big IQ or a high IQ. We would say they were a little bit slow. Maybe like the two fellas who were out duck hunting one day. And they sat in a duck blind all morning. And they didn't get a single duck. And it's Joe and Eb. And they sat there all morning long, all day long really, hunting. And they didn't get a single duck. And finally Joe scratched his head and said, and said Eb, I think you're not throwing that dog up high enough. Well, that's, that's a little slow. And you may be in that category. But he said he takes the foolish ones. He said he takes the weak ones those that are physically handicapped. He takes the base ones, which would be the opposite of those that are noble, those that have a great pedigree, well-born, blue bloods, might say. In fact, you may have a pedigree about one fella I read about, and you may have heard this before, but this one fella, he said, he wrote it this way, he said, many years ago when I was 23, I got married to a widow who was as pretty as she could be, This widow had a grown-up daughter who had hair of red. My father fell in love with her and soon the two were wed. This made my dad my son-in-law and changed my very life. My daughter was my mother for she was my father's wife. To complicate the matter worse, although it brought me joy, I soon became the father of a bouncing baby boy. My little baby then became a brother-in-law to dad and so became my uncle, though it made me sad. For if he was my uncle, then that also made him brother to the widow's grown-up daughter who, of course, was my stepmother my wife is now my mother's mother and it makes me blue because although she is my wife she's my grandma too and if my wife is my grandmother then i am her grandchild and every time i think of it it simply drives me wild for now i have become the strangest case you ever saw as the husband of my grandmother i'm my own grandpa now that may be the kind of pedigree you've got but he said he takes the base ones those without a pedigree he takes the despised ones those that are least esteemed are you listening to what i'm talking about tonight he takes five o'clock workers those that everybody passes over those that nobody wanted but he puts them into his vineyard and he uses them in his work and he makes something out of them and he does something with them i am thankful tonight that i got in at the five o'clock crew amen that is the unwanted workers. But there's something else about these workers. They were undeserved workers too. For here they come. They get down at 5 o'clock. He comes in and he says, I need another crew. We don't have but an hour left. And they, he hires these that everybody's passed over. Nobody wanted. You only got an hour to work 5, 6 o'clock. You got to quit at sundown. 6 o'clock. So at the very best, unless the vineyard was very close, if it even was close, I dare say they, it took them 15 minutes to get to the vineyard. So at the most, they worked 45, maybe 50 minutes at the most. And it's very possible they had to walk a mile or two down the road because it was in the marketplace. They had to go outside of town to get to the vineyard. So it is very possible these fellas that got in at 5 o'clock didn't have to work but about 30 minutes. But they got the same thing the crew got that started at 6 o'clock in the morning. You'd have to say... It was an undeserved matter. But the truth of the matter is, friend, It remind, the whole parable reminds me that God's not interested in how much you do. He's interested in what you do. But the parable here reminds me, friend, that God lets us get in his work undeservingly, yes. And anything God does with us and anything God does for us and anything God gives us, we do not deserve it. Old preacher at home used to put it this way. Everyone, I was all to be in hell with our back broke. And that's the honest truth. We do not deserve it. But I am glad, praise be to God, that I got in that 5 o'clock crew. And you can get in too. No no excuses. Oh, I can't, brother. I can't do anything. Oh, yeah, you can. You can get in with those 5 o'clock boys. And God will use you and do something with. Let's stand there, feet. Take your prayer sheet, look at it. We're going to pray for some things and then we're going to come tonight and ask the Lord to work His Word into our heart. Our missionary of the week is Brad and Bonnie Collingwood, serving the Lord with EMI and their missionaries in the Philippines. Lucy Plemons, her daughter, and you're familiar with Brad and Bonnie. Let's remember them tonight in the Philippines. Our church of the week is High Coe Baptist Church in Greensboro, North Carolina Brother the Denny Wall. Brother Denny's here every year in our Bible conference. Let's remember High Co. Baptist Church. And then our hospital is Brother Reuben Brock. Reuben having his heart was a little bit out of rhythm and he would have gone home today but he was, had a little bit of fever so they kept him Carol Bokina is still in the hospital in Murfreesboro. Gladys Thomas will be having surgery tomorrow. They found a tumor and she'll be having surgery tomorrow at uh, Memorial. Kim Withrow and at Memorial Jinky Rogers is Buddy Woody's sister, and she had bypass surgery. And then also his aunt is in there, Dora Buckles, and she's in intensive care, so I want to remember these. I want you to come now, and I want you to come. I want you to pray tonight for our missionaries of the week. I want you to pray for our church of the week. But I want you to ask the Lord to put the word of God into your heart. Put it into your heart so it becomes meaningful to you. His call for workers. And the joy of knowing that somewhere he'll bless us for what we do. And, and then just come and kneel and say, Lord, I may not be at 6 o'clock. I would say the fellas he got at 6 o'clock in the morning was the best you could get. He, I mean, the 6 o'clock crew was the best. These are top-of-the-line fellas. These union boys. These are the best. But those in the afternoon, nobody wanted. Everybody had picked over them. But this householder got them. And you ought to come and say to your God, I didn't have a whole lot to give you, don't have a whole lot to give you, but you'll use me and you'll put me in your vineyard and you'll pay me just like you do anybody else. You'll pay me like the big shot. In fact, he talks about the last shall be first and few shall be chosen. Literally, it means those that are choice ones and those that serve God. You can become a choice one in the vineyard of God. You ought to thank God for that tonight. You ought to bless God if you have talents and skills. Folks get up here and sing the way they do and they're blessed so much with abilities. But most of us don't have that kind of ability. We were a five o'clock worker. But God let us be in His work and we ought to thank God for that and never lose sight of that. How good God's been to us to let us serve Him and let us do something for Him. Amen? And we ought to just be stirred and worship. Over such a wonderful thought Let's all come and gather around the altar And take these things to God in prayer tonight Pray for all these things Jim Ammons It's good to have you and Jan home I want you to come up here and lead us in prayer And let's remember our missionary of the week The Collingwoods Let's remember Heiko Baptist Church Plus these many things Let's pray for Sunday God will give us a great day Let's pray the Lord to move Let's thank Him tonight Whether it's 6 a.m. or a 5 p.m. fella Let's thank God that we're in His work tonight.
4: Thank you for our brothers and sisters in that area. Father, as we look to you tonight, we pray for these that are in the hospital. Lord, that you might touch them. Lay your hand upon them. You're the great physician. Lord, we know that you can touch and heal them tonight. Every which way you choose, Father, in their life, we'll give you praise for it. We pray for those that are in the nursing homes tonight, Lord. Lord, that you bless them. Father, I pray that you meet their needs there and comfort their hearts, Father. And Lord, I pray that you will uh, bless the workers in those homes, Father, that they might uh, help those that are there and watch over and take care of them. Father, we pray for those that are shut in and able to be, not able to be in thy house tonight. Lord, minister the, to them in their homes, dear Father. Their hearts desire would to be in thy house and worship thee tonight. But, Lord, I pray the Holy Spirit might move in their hearts right now, knowing that we are praying for them and lifting them up before thy throne of grace. Father, touch those that are sick tonight and lay your hands upon them. And, Father, we'll give you praise for what you're going to do. Thank you for thy word tonight. Thank you for uh, speaking to our hearts, Lord. Help us to be workers, Lord. Help us to work diligently in thy vineyard. We'll give you praise for what you're going to do. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Praise the Lord. Everybody, Sunday, remember the task is great and the time is short. Bring folk Sunday. Come expecting the Lord to give us a great day. Be in your place on time and do your best to get folk in church. Appreciate everybody who went out last night and all the ministry visits that were made and the prospects that were visited and uh visitors that came to the services you have we have visitors tonight you be sure to let them know Denny and Pat been coming quite a bit and uh uh, Danny and is it Regina is that what you said Angela I I had that one part right amen Mm -hmm. Angela they've been coming and others get by and let them know how much we appreciate our visitors there but bring somebody Sunday are you glad to be in the work of God say amen get out let's go five o'clock workers let's get it done before the sun sets You're, you're dismissed